Welcome to the 131st edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I am Peanut Gallery. So let's talk to you about my soapbox and about all the shows for this week because hit or miss for the most part. CM Punk, well, so we're in Raw. Raw had 1.466 million instead of 1.533 and a 0.46 demo instead of a 0.48. Not great, but I'm giving them leeway because of football. CM Punk is signing with Raw. That was to be expected and 100% the right call. The main event where it was a disqualification because Shinsuke sprayed the mist in Cody's face, 100% the right call. Pretty much everything from top to bottom on this show I liked pretty much. Uh, The Ray Ripley and Maxine Dupree match was a waste of time, but I got to see Maxine being bent over like a pretzel, and that helps with my fantasies later. But the tag team match with the women, it was much better last week. There just wasn't really a whole lot of substance. It almost feels like the whole show is hitting a wall. And I'm hoping that that trend does not continue, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that. NXT was a lot better. I did not get... uh, Oh, no, there it is. So 678,000 instead of 625,000 and a 0.18 demo instead of a 0.19. So NXT's kind of hovering on that um, upper 600, lower, uh, that, yeah, upper 600, lower 700 number, which is actually good for NXT. The final segment here where Carmelo Hayes accidentally hitting Trick Williams with the title was good. Uh, That was a very good segment because it's once again stirring the pot because Trick is going for the title at New Year's Evil. I don't know if they're going to be doing a show, but we'll see when we cross that bridge. We had a little more of the uh, men's breakout tournament, which I was very impressed from both guys. All four guys, really. They were very, very good. The metaphor against Team Brooks Jensen was fine. You know, uh, Jack and Eddie Thorpe actually had a match that made sense given what is going on here. Very violent brawl, ended in a disqualification. That's how you do it. And Dragon Lee defended against Tyler Bate for the North American Champion in a very good match. Just a good show all the way around, but once again, not a whole lot of substance there. I moved the uh, orientation of power, so we're going to go right into power. This was their first return to the Robarts show, which I think it's like an arena in Florida that they haven't been in 30 years or something like that. That's why they made this a big deal. Uh, Not a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of this show. The main event was the Immortals defending the U.S. tag titles against the Brothers of Funstruction, which are quickly becoming one of my favorite teams in NWA. I think they work really well. Uh, it's silly and campy, but they actually know how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So you can look over a lot of like the silly campiness. It, they're basically more depressed Doink the Clowns. Like That's really what it was. Uh, it was good up until the fucking ending. Because, of course, the ending had to be ruined by the kids. That's not... That was literally the name of their tag team. They are known as the kids. Hmm. Speaking of tag teams, the, the opening match had, I am not kidding you, the Heavenly Butterflies. That was the name of a tag team. And I cannot take that seriously. They're fine, but the Heavenly Butterflies. Come on. I mean, making like the menacing butterflies or something, it's like, Jesus Christ. 
I'm not sure if uh, Chris Hansen should be your manager. So let's get into Dynamite, which I actually like for the most part, except for the main event. So uh, the Dynamite show got 845,000 instead of 823,000. It was a 0.3 demo instead of a 0.25. So up slightly, but up. The main event, Swerve Strickland, John Moxley. This was one of the Continental Classic matches, and both of them at this point tied for the most amount of points within that particular round robin tournament. If you were smart, you would have had Swerve Strickland win. He has all this momentum, and he would be the next logical challenger to MJF. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that. John Moxley pulls off that John Moxley in the bank, and he won the match. Because it's John Moxley. He is quickly becoming the Hulk Hogan of this brand. Uh, Jay White and Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe is totally out. Or they say Jay Briscoe. Well, no, I mean, they, they meant they, they called him Jay Briscoe for a little while. So They did. They did. So that's nothing new. So Jay Briscoe's brother is totally out of this tournament, and he wanted to play spoiler. That's basically why he's still in it. But obviously, he is a loser, so Jay White beat him. The women's match, first Ruby uh, Riho match, she faced Ruby Soho. It was lame. It was absolutely lame. Uh, really, the focus was around the Continental Classic, which essentially is going to be having a uh, three-belt thing going on. And then Tony Khan brings in another belt, but we'll talk about that when we uh, talk about Final Battle, because that is important. But, you know, it was a perfectly fine dynamite. It was not offensive. Once again, Impact Wrestling had a... Um, non-canon show, yep. so I did not cover it. I am, I swear to God, I will be covering them again. People are losing their minds. It's been like a month and a half. I can't help it that they're not doing live shows. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about SmackDown. Uh, a, AJ Styles is ripped as hell. I don't know what they're doing. Did they, did they totally throw out the wellness policy or what? Uh, but AJ looks awesome, and he returned Definitely needed, but him going after LA Knight seems like a really weird choice, so I'm not a big fan of that. It's whatever. Uh, SmackDown was okay. There were some okay matches, but there wasn't really anything that stood out to me as like this great, fantastic thing. Even Reigns. It's just like, eh, you know, it's cool that he's there, but at the same time, we know that he's just going to talk. Setting up for Royal Rumble, Randy Orton challenging him is fine. That's really... That's really all I have to say. There wasn't just a whole lot going on here. Uh, yeah. And, you know, nothing Nothing was offensive, but nothing was there. Nope. But that was my soapbox. Sorry, it's a little bit um, shorter. But if there's not really a whole lot to talk about or rant or rave about, right. it's hard to really drag that out. Why so, bother? Right, exactly. So, when we come back, Peanut Gallery, what are we talking about? Well, there's a new initiative, there's a new initiative in Japan going on that we should talk about. I'm, not, I'm surprised there haven't been a lot more... There's a lot, not as much coverage on it either. So we'll get into that. Okay, we are back. Pina Gallery, take it away. So um, all of these Japanese companies have just gone together to form a. It, it's it's kind of like a union esque sort of thing. Is how most people that I have talked to are describing it. It's like an industry lobbying group sort of thing as well. So. Um, it's it's called United Japan Pro Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's United Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and it consists of nine prominent Japanese promotions. I didn't even know there were nine Japanese promotions. Oh, there are a lot more than nine, but these are hmm. these are nine of the biggest Japanese promotions, and they're getting together to, I guess, act as a 
cultural. There's there's a lot there's a lot that's going into this. So um, they're addressing a lot of different issues at once. Um, one of the big ones is is character development, especially in the digital space, as we saw. Um, you know, the, the very direct reference to Hana. Um, and then there's they're also doing joint shows now. Their first show is going to be in March, I believe, and it's going to be under the United Japan Pro Wrestling banner. Um, and this is not something that's new. J Japanese promotions have worked together a lot over the years. Um, usually it's been like one or two promotions kind of working together. But this is pretty this is a pretty big deal for all Japanese professional wrestling involved. Because really they're they're not just gonna do pro wrestling stuff. They're they're going to again as working as like a lobbying group, they're going to promote themselves as a cultural institution to the Japanese public. Um, like, like media appearances, right. uh, charity work, yep. stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, again, amongst other things, um, working to make the sport better and safer for the performers. So this, so the United, uh, the this United Japan Pro Wrestling thing, it's not within of itself a company no it's not it is well it is a company but it is not going to be a separate company like new japan and all japan are it is it's, going it's, it's not the situation like TKO. right right these are still independent companies right if i'm not mistaken they're they're just agreeing to work with this just like like you said like a labor union right labor union or or like a lobbying group where like oil the oil lobby where oil companies will get together to act as a force you know, for whatever purpose you believe, um, to pr to promote the common goals of these companies. Of the industry. Now, right. uh, I'm hearing some rumors that the these companies did this at this time because there are growing concerns as it relates to NXT Japan. Mm -hmm. And that is obviously something that needs to be addressed too, because there there are rising forces that will eat into some of that market share. Now, will the superstars have different contracts because of this whole No, thing, I don't I don't or... think so. I think they'll maintain their contracts. Like I said, this is this is just like um, you know, any other lobbying group more or less. So, um, it's it's interesting that this has happening at this point in time. Um, you know, there were a lot of concerns um, with the pandemic, especially in mm -hmm. Japan, um, where these companies were not getting the information they were needing yeah. from their relevant authorities. Um, and so that's kind of why they're bringing this together. So it's going to be part lobbying group, part labor union, part, you know, standalone promotion that does special shows that bring all these companies together. Like I said, this is not something new because... Japanese companies have been working together like this on and off and on basis for a long time now. Like, um, new like uh, New Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah have done legitimate pay per views together. Um, you know, with with Wrestle Kingdom Night Three as as a, as an aside, where they were doing the New Japan versus Blank. Thank God they're not doing that anymore. Um, but this is really going to be what that that concept has evolved into which is a group like this so with these particular events that are going to be under this united japan pro wrestling banner do we have a time frame on when they will start doing this like i said the first show is in late march and that'll be the first show under the united japan pro wrestling banner i don't remember where they're doing this i think it's like the nagoya sukodun or something like that okay 
Um, but um, I don't have much more to say about it, but it is very underreported in the realm of pro- professional really wrestling right now. now. <laughs> that is a thing that confuses me more than anything mm-hmm. is the fact that it's just not – I mean, the, the whole buyout of WWE with TKO just circled, you know – the world for months mm-hmm. and then there's this where it, this is these are nine and the big three are part of this mm-hmm. pro wrestling noah new japan and um uh, all, japan. all japan so the fact that nobody is really talking about it and also and i think it's a cultural thing too just maybe. because it's it's something that okay now we see that the, these japanese promotions want to work together on a more on, on a more personal level than just having the having having a, an exchange of like a superstar or right. two, they want to work as a, a as collaborative a effort. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I, I I guess for me it's hard. Maybe it will benefit them, but for me, obviously, I'm not in Japan. I don't know the culture or uh, how big it was there, mm-hmm. but I know usually. Uh, especially on the Mark websites like uh, F4W, they will make a lot of things about Japan bigger than they are. But I, I maybe saw like an article where yeah. in, in other and, cases and maybe, like this, you have a, bun- a right. lot more articles. You know? Right, but and, and maybe it's just a cultural thing. It's just it's not something that we can understand. Because in America, you would never see WWE, AEW, and TNA get together like this. No. This is not well, going to well, happen. Now, now it won't because of TKO. Right. Now there can be smaller, now there can be indies that will get right. together. And, and and maybe it's similar to something like an NWA but obviously this is not going to be a, a, uh, a parent company of sorts or a, a governing body that will Let's tell see, these wrestling companies what to do. Now that, that's the other thing. It's like how will that evolve? Because if this is really just as a representative, I mean it's just it's just a representative body. They're not going to it's dictate so, the rules of the land. That's you know? so odd. I, I feel like that might happen at some point. I don't think so. Um, you know, there has to be some sort of checks and balances, especially given with the big three. You know, what are they going to do? Because they they have a lot more influence. They have a lot more power. They have a again. Lot more money. This is not what the purpose of this is. The purpose of this was part lobbying group, you know, part I wonder, labor. I that's why it wasn't sort of thing. covered as much, right? Because it's not. Wrestling centric focus. No, it's it's not. So outside representation. Right. Exactly. So maybe that's the that's the reason for it. I guess we'll see kind of how it evolves. But yeah, I just want to touch on that really quick. Yeah. Maybe we'll give some more insights later. So up next, we are covering final battle. All right. All right. We are back and let's talk about final battle. Um, I like the show. The show was fine. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of things I want to touch on really quickly that were a net positive. The crowd was good. Mm-hmm. The every single match, I think maybe other than two matches, had a pre-recorded package to explain how we got here. Right. So there, what there is an understanding that not everybody who's watching this pay-per-view watches the show. Okay, right. let's give them a two-minute video explaining how we got here. Perfect. That's all I need. All right. So. Um, and then it also really moved well. Like mm-hmm. there, there weren't like, there, there was not like a big headbutt of oh, slow down of momentum. It flowed really nice. Let's get into the matches. Uh, one of the matches that came out of nowhere for the Triple A Mega Champion Io Delta Kingo and Black Taurus. Um, a couple of fuck ups, uh, especially given with the Kingo mm-hmm. trying to do everything but also does nothing. Yep. 
but they know how to work with each other. Yeah. And it's clear. So it was a fun lucha match. I liked it. It was the 720 senton that Vikingo does. It's crazy. He is so goddamn athletic. And this whole match gets a full thumbs up. Okay. Anything to say? Nope. All right. It was just a match. It was just so, there. For the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions, Mogul Embassy taking on TMDK. Random. Yep. But I liked it. There we go. There was just, like, like, what do you want me to say here? I kind of wish, if I was going to make this majestic again, I would, given the same match, have TMDK go in and wrestle on Ring of Honor. Right. Because this whole thing was around because TMDK beat the Gates of Agony in the World Tag League. Right. But that was in Japan. Right. Not here. Right. It's like, okay, why the why this collection with TMDK? Right. Why not another collection with TMDK? Yeah, well, TMDK just probably just happens to be here doing strong stuff, so, eh. I mean, if, if that's we'll just the case, give them a random right. match. Oh, by the way, Peter Gallery hates the little lightning. Oh yeah, thing. I hate those little lightning lightning eyes thing. They're just a stupid it's, and annoying. There, there's no reason for it. There's like no reason for it. No. Uh, but it was the uh, uh, pendulum sit out power bomb. I really like that move. For Mogul Embassy to retain the six man tag team champions are dead in the water. But I like the match. Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Yeah. I quit match. Tony Nice and Ethan Page. Why? I liked it. This was a great match. But why did this match have to happen? They they had a video right. explaining it to you. So I got it. I'm like, okay, Ethan Page wanted to be with Smart Mark and work out with Tony Nese because Tony Nese is a living statue. It's so stupid. <laughs> but at the very least, there's a story behind it. Yeah, but it's stupid. It is kind of like, but at the very least, and we got to this point, and there was a story that developed. Um, barely, it barely developed. It really did. Uh, but I thought that these two had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they told a good story in the ring, too. Uh, everything worked with Smart Mark uh, getting out of the handcuffs, with Scorpio Sky coming out and helping Ethan Page, so it looks like we might have a... Uh, Oh, God. They had, they had a team at some point. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Uh, but they were a tag team. I almost said SoCal Uncensored, but that was Frankie Kazarian. Yes. But it was the uh, a handcuff choke for Tony Nese to say, I quit. Does that mean he's gone from the company? No, it's just an I quit match, not a year fired match. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. So, <laughs> but I would give it a full thumbs up. I think maybe a better story than, oh, I wanted to work out with you would have been better, but... Yeah, that sounds like the lamest story idea. That sounds like something that comes straight out of ChatGPT. Yep. Uh, Nyla Rose and Vert Vixen. Why? I Sure. I don't have any idea. Uh, it was a legitimate nothing. Beast Bomb for the win. Thumbs down. Fuck you. Because I hate it. This is a pay-per-view. Right. Don't do this on a regular Ring of Honor show. Right. Don't do it on a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know? Something that people pay for. You had, like, three matches on the pre-show. Right. Put one of those here, and these girls... Put this on the pre-show. Right. At least that's free. Right. So that would be fine, but whatever. All right. Survival of the fittest for the vacant uh, Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Uh, A, no eyes. They don't have the lightning eyes. No, you're right. They don't. Look at the difference. It looks so much better. Yeah. It really does. Um, I mean, like, the side view thing where they're, like, facing each other is fine. But don't, don't do the eyes thing. 
definitely an improvement. Um, I like this match a lot. Elimination style. It establishes the uh, television division again. Dalton Castle is, I swear to God, the most over person in this entire roster. <laughs> Why is he not the Ring of Honor World Champion? I will never know. But it was good. I, yeah. I liked it. You know, who was the, a mystery person? A mystery person was uh, uh, Brian Keith. Right. It was it was one of the random guys. He won a match on the pre-show to get this opportunity. Right. But I like this. So uh, it was elimination. It was the border city stretch for uh, Johnson to be eliminated. Then there was a pop-up flatliner for Dalton Castle to be eliminated. Then it was a tiger driver for Moriarty to be eliminated. A tombstone on Brian Keith to be eliminated. And then finally, it was the tombstone on Commander for Kyle Fletcher to win this title. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't hate that decision no, necessarily. Especially since, Fle especially since uh, Mark Davis is out, I think. Isn't he still out with injury? Yeah, he's still out with an injury, yes. Um, I'm really liking what they're doing with Kyle Fletcher. They're not only keeping him on television, but they put a title on him. Yeah. So that's a definite thumbs up. I just like this match. Yeah. I thought it told a good story. It was spotty, but that's where you get the survival of the fittest. Yep. Sure. Okay. Um, sometimes you need those matches on your card. Yeah. It, it's a nice little break. Yeah. So this gets a full thumbs up from me. All right. Uh, this was a boring, weird match uh, for the Ring of Honor Pure champion. Yeah, this was the most boring match, I think, on the card. For pure rules. Uh, Wheeler Yuta taking on Tom Lawler. I think the the match never really got its ground. No. And I think why is because the ending got fucked up. I think it was supposed to go longer. Yeah. Uh, Wheeler Yuta is not a person that does character work. No. Stop making him do character work. Right. It's so... He, he, needs, he needs to... He needs to... He has a lot of potential. Yeah. Oh, he does. I'm not but, saying that but he, he needs he needs to go through the WWE system and he, learn how to build he needs, a character. He needs to do something because this ain't it. No, it's really not. But it he was just kind of dead in the water for me. You know, yeah. Like he had a lot of potential, he had a lot of momentum last year, and this year it's just like, eh, whatever. He's barely been on television. Right. I barely see him. I totally forgot that he was in Blackpool Combat Club at all. Right. Anyway. Uh, it was a fucked up seatbelt pin for the win. There was a post-match where Hook came out, and then he got laid out with a low blow. Uh, Wheeler Yuta needs a manager or something because he cannot do, like I said, that character work. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the presence. He doesn't have that there. Right. He's a good wrestler, but he, it's just not there. Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. And now, this one, I understand the backstory. So yeah. it actually made sense. But didn't they already have a rivalry like this in Ring of Honor? Uh, I think, I don't think they had a match, though. Oh, okay. I think they had the rivalry, but I don't think they had the match. Oh. Because I think at the time, it, it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. If oh. of, of anything, I think Swerve Strickland was involved. Oh, okay. I liked this match. It was a fun Haas match. It, mm -hmm. it showcased a lot more Keith Lee, and it really takes me back to why Keith Lee was so sought out. Mm -hmm. He's good, mm -hmm. but his attitude sucks. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. What can you do? But it was a big bang catastrophe for Keith Lee to win. They showed respect, and this gets a full thumbs up. Sometimes you need a fun little Haas match, and these two really brought it. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I watched this part a couple of times. This match started out as the Jay Briscoe tribute, right? Then it kind of broke down and it became a fight. But then Mark says that it's going to be a fight without honor. Wasn't, wasn't the match promoted as a fight without honor? It, I don't think Mark knew what the hell was going on because it was and then it wasn't. So it right. was very strange. It was just a plunder. There was nothing there of substance. And they have to stop with this Jay Briscoe shit. Yeah. He has been dead for... Over, I think, over half a year at this point. Yeah. I think he died in August, September or something. No, like I thought he died in, like, March or April. I don't remember. I don't, Anyways. I can't remember either. This is ridiculous, people. Please stop with the... Jay Briscoe stuff. I, I I just don't want to hear it anymore. They did it perfect with Brody Lee. They did it perfect with him. Like yeah. they mention him every now and then, and then they use his um they use his uh catchphrase as their catchphrase. Perfect. Yeah. They don't sit out there, dig up Brody and jerk him off. But it's like this is getting nauseating. Right. Because anytime Mark Briscoe is in the ring, literally they cannot get Jay Briscoe out of their mouth. Right. He. It's so obnoxious. The Titantron is the same. It has not changed. Right. He needs to change it. Right. I hope this is it. I, I'm not going to hold my breath. No. But it's, it's probably going to continue. Because Mark Briscoe is unable, I guess, to establish his own identity outside of just being the brother of Jay Briscoe. Um, no kidding. Yeah. It, the guy is a good talent. He has a good moveset. He has charisma. And he can do it. Right. But... It's just like he has to do something. Mm. Like he can do the whole Briscoe brother whatever, but change the Titantron, change the theme song, and stop mentioning Jay at every possible minute. It's getting annoying, and I think at this point it's you know horrible. Right. It's becoming disrespectful. This is not a tribute. This is your cash cow, and then they're making an action figure. If you want to do an action figure, that would be fine. But right. this is getting absurd. Right. And that is why this gets a thumbs down and a fuck you. Like, seriously. Right. <laughs> uh, it's getting absolutely obnoxious. Yeah, it is. This maybe match of maybe worst match of the year just because of that. Because I feel I feel disrespected, mm -hmm. you know? So. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah, it was a J-Driller for, uh, it was there. God. You get that bad taste in my mouth with another just nothing. Eddie Kingston versus Anthony Henry. This isn't went, isn't isn't Eddie Kingston the Ring of Honor World Champion? He's literally the Ring of Honor World Champion, and he did not defend the title at the biggest show of the year. Why? Right. It's so dumb. It I was, know it, it is. This was a five minute match. It was a nothing sandwich. Well, wasn't this this was one of the matches that wasn't even promoted? Was it promoted at all? I think they made the match an hour before bell time. That's stupid. Yeah. So this gets a thumb. Actually, this gets two thumbs down and a double fuck you because I hate this. Uh, stretch plum for the win. Nobody cares. And in our main event for the women's world champion, this Athena, was a weird match. Athena and Billy Starks. At uh, least there was a story that I understood, but it was still really weird. It was a good story. Mm -hmm. It was the best thing that Ring of Honor was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it led to the match. Mm -hmm. I think it was hurt. Because Athena wasn't 100%. Right. But they still had a good match. Right. It was structured well. 
They developed a good story in ring. They mentioned a whole Minions thing a couple of times, which I'm okay with. And they put Billy Starks on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. So why didn't she win? <laughs> like, right. Seriously. Uh, it, was a sub it was some sort of submission for Athena to win. And then Billy Starks goes back to Athena. Billy Starks attacked Athena. Billy Starks broke Athena's face. And now she's back with her for no discernible reason. Well, there we have it. It's so, it's so stupid. God, if they just hit the nail on the head, even if Athena won and just walked away, that would have been so much different. But no, now they're going to continue the story. It's over. Right. You had the match. Right. This was the payoff. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. This company just ma this company makes me feel drunk. <laughs> and that's why I can only give it a one thumbs up. It should it should have been two. It yeah. should have been two. But it, it, just, it just doesn't but that make was, sense. Anyways, that was it. So when we come back, we're going to have a special match. So we are back. Pina Gallery. Do you have you seen a match with Bastion Booger? I have. Okay. You have shown me Bastion Booger. You have shown me Bastion Booger matches before. And we did one last week, so I'm not going to do the intro. Yep. But... And it's also going to be our last um, little match here of the year. But we'll explain that after the match is over. Yes. But anyways, Bastion Booger. Who's Bastion Booger facing? He is facing Mike Corey. Hmm. And what promotion is he facing him at? Oh, this is WWF. Oh, okay. That gear is just horrendous. Yeah, I have no idea what Vince was thinking. Because this is Vince's idea, right? Yes, this was a Vince idea. You know what's really funny? Basham Booger had matches for championships. He had a rivalry with Razor Ramon. That's That's fantastic. Look at how fat he is. He's a 401. He is not 401 pounds. No. And this is back in the era when w, uh, WF was doing a lot of care, like very over the top character things. Yeah, this is this is the era where they had like other occupations. Right. Bastion Booger was just a big guy who ate. And pretty much every match is this, you know, backdrop, leg dropper, splash. His finisher is the worst thing ever. I'm not sure if you remember his finisher. I guess we're looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, you should. It's, it's great. It's called. I think it's called Into the Bat Cave. Why? That's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have very good ring aware. But he, I don't know. Ring so Mike. So Mike Shaw, who played this, I think started his career in like 1981. So he is actually a veteran. Oh, okay. He was, just a, he was just a big dude. Right. The other guy, the jobber, was really bad. Like, why, why Bastion Booger? It's just the weirdest right. name. I know, it is. Mike Corey. Mike Corey. Why? I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's such a gross move. And that was it. Okay. <laughs> like, 
Yes, that was into the Batcave. Just the greatest finisher. Somebody... That was the greatest finisher. Anyway, so next week is our last show of the year. Yes. Um, because Mothership and the Matriarch is going to be in town. So there's also going to be a special Saturday episode. But not only that, but it will be exclusively... Uh, year Awards. Yep, it's going to be Year End Awards. Usually we have it in two parts, but this year, because of um, the Matriarch and Mothership coming out, we have to put it in one. Right. So, um, but then when we resume, um, the I believe that's going to be that's uh, a world January. End. That's going to be January sixth. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. Seventh. January seventh. Yeah, because our first show of, of the new because, year. Because because of fourth for Wrestle Kingdoms on Thursday. Right. So we're gonna do Wrestle Kingdom and we're going to do World's End. Yes. So if you guys enjoy this, remember to like, follow, subscribe for the matches. Recommend any match you want. We'll watch it. Uh, try to keep it short. Make sure it's bad and make sure I can find it on a platform somewhere, either on Daily Motion or on YouTube. So there you go. And uh, follow us on all of our social medias. All those links will be in the link tree in the description. And as always, be majestic.